Hello, everyone, and welcome to Casada Conversations with the Casada President and Executive Director. I'm Sam Atkinson, the 2020-2021 Casada President and Associate Athletic Director for Communications at Gallaudet University. I'm reporting live from my basement here in Ellicott City, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. I'm joined by Casada Executive Director Doug Vance. Doug, how's it going? And welcome to Casada Conversations. Thanks, Sam. Uh, I'm looking forward to these monthly discussions and uh, helping our members better understand what we do, our thoughts, uh, and uh, what our plans are for the future. And in terms of how it's going, I don't know about you, Sam, but I'm ready for 2020 to be over. I'm ready for political ads to end. And most of all, I'm ready for this pandemic uh, to be in our rearview mirror. It's, uh, it's certainly impacted us all. Without a doubt, Doug, and, and hopefully the, the weather has improved in Tucson, uh, Arizona, where you are, correct? Yeah, we, uh, we, have, uh, we have great weather most of the time, and right now it's cooling down, and, and uh, uh, I'm actually wearing uh, long pants for the first time in eight, eight months today. So uh, that tells you where we, we had a little bit of cool spell hit us. So. so some of you might be wondering, what is Casada Conversations? And this, as Doug mentioned, will be a monthly conversation between the Casida president and executive director to discuss all things Casida, the profession, and our members. We want to make sure everyone knows what the organization is doing and discussing and what items and projects and initiatives we are working on. In future episodes, we will be joined by guests like one of our committee chairs, a board or cabinet member, a Casida staff member, or other allies to Casida. But most importantly, we want to hear from you, our members. Each episode, we will open up the mailbag and answer questions from our members. So don't forget to submit your questions online, or you can DM us through Twitter. I'm at Sam Atkinson, S-I-D, and Doug's at, at D Vance Casida. So please give us a follow and feel free to hit us up with some questions. So let's get started with our first episode. Doug, this fall semester is like no other for Casida members, as many of us are working remotely from home, like myself, and some members have been unfortunately furloughed or laid off from their jobs, while others are back at work trying to host athletic competitions and games during this COVID pandemic. What have you observed, Doug, in the last eight months plus as a profession has had to deal with this pandemic? Well, Sam, there's, there's a whole lot to talk about in that regard, obviously. But but first of all, I want to thank you and the executive board. These are the most difficult times our, our board and our leadership have probably faced in the history of our organization. And and you and the board have stepped forward, haven't uh, made any excuses. And, and leadership right now is is critical. Our members are looking to us for for guidance. And I, and I think uh, I think we've got a, a great crew to provide it. Um from the perspective of, of observations, uh, obviously it's not, a, it's not a news bulletin that we're all operating in an unsettled uh, climate due to the pandemic. It's impacted us all from, from home to the workplace. I think we're all doing the best we can to cope uh, with the anxiety we're seeing. From the COSIDA perspective, I, I have two general observations. Um, our members, um, are dealing with a lot of concern. They're dealing with a lot of anxiety. And to be candid, they're dealing with a lot of fear. Um, but, you know, 
I think people are navigating through this the best they can. People are doing their jobs, they're working to stay relevant, and they're figuring out solutions. So I've been proud of what I've been seeing. I also want to mention there's a very talented group of SID, some longtime veterans who've been impacted the most. And I'm talking about the people who've lost their jobs or have been furloughed. I've talked to several of them, and those are the people who are are most in our prayers right now, most of the people who we are greatly concerned about. but, uh, you know, those are probably my most uh, significant observations. Stan, Sam, what about you? What stands out? Yeah, Doug, and I think for a lot of us, you know, this whole pandemic and having to basically mobilize either our whole sports information office to our home, um, to be working with our coworkers remotely, uh, with our coaches and our student athletes and trying um, to keep the message for our universities and conferences. I think that's one of the things that's really stressed to me is the importance of the sports information director in this profession and how critical it is for universities and colleges um, to utilize those professionals and, and those roles and to help to share those messages. Um, and especially, you know, you're, we're basically in a crisis communication um, situation for many of us for the last eight, eight months plus. And it, and it continues. And, you know, how does the winter sports look like? How do spring sports look in 2021? Um, so if anything, it's kind of underscored the importance of these of these roles. And it's one thing that I know you and I have taken to heart and trying to advocate uh, for our profession and, and for our members uh, to be able to continue their profession and, and their, their jobs on their campuses to share those messages. And, you know, unfortunately, we, we have had have those difficult conversations with some of our members who've unfortunately lost their jobs. Uh, and we understand that, you know, you know, a lot of these institutions are facing, facing some major financial uh, constraints, but we also understand that, you know, the importance to try to communicate the message um, to campuses and universities um, about what those athletic departments are doing is critical. Uh, Doug, maybe what, maybe get some perspective from your point of view, you know, when you have to, you know, when some of these conversations you've had with our members, it's, it's, I know, I know it's for me, it's been very difficult, but it's also, I think it's important for us to be there for our members and, and to have somebody to talk to. Yeah. I think uh, it's a time where listening is, is critical for all of us. And, and um, when this hit, um, you know, one of the big challenges we faced and the board faced is just reading reading the dynamics in play and how our members are going are being infected, and how do we respond to that? Um, we we've had to shift the focus in many ways. This is not a typical year uh, for all of us, and um, it's important that we understand that and that we respond appropriately. And that's where we've been. That's where our board has been and our staff has been. Is is kind of looking at the dynamics and figuring out what we can do best to help our members uh, through these difficult times. Yeah, it seemed like, Doug, one of the things that Kasai did right away uh, back in the spring, and we continue to do so in the fall and throughout the summer, was the coffee shops and and being able to have small groups of Kasai members come together, some to just socialize. You know, a lot of us were just being isolated um, from our universities and, and from our conference and our, you know, student athletes and coaches. And for others, too, um, you know, they turn to Casida for other um, programs that we offer, such as the mentorship program, 
our fitness challenges, other things for them to stay active and stay involved. How critical was it for Casida to be able to mobilize a little bit with these different programs and make sure that our members were, were knew how to get involved? Yeah, it. Uh, I can remember back in March when all this uh, hit, and we met as a staff virtually, and uh, and decided to shift our focus and and figure out uh, how we can be a better resource uh, uh, to our members. And we did it through a number of different ways, but we took advantage, obviously, of social media. We took advantage of, of technology, and and reached out uh, to our members. Uh, we listened to them. You mentioned the coffee shops. Uh, those have, those have really been important, I think, from a mental health standpoint. People from all walks of our profession, all levels, all across the country, uh, have been connected, and they've shared, and they've vented, and they've discussed uh, solutions to problems. And that that's it's a very simple uh, concept, but has has really helped, I think, our people. That's the message we're, we've been getting. And it's it's really it's really impressed me. Um, we had the, t- uh, the convention programming committee had to tear up the uh, convention plan for Las Vegas and, and retool and, and do it in a very short period of time. And they did a tremendous job. And we had a we had a month-long virtual convention, as, as everybody who stays at a convention has had this year. And we attracted more than 1,700 individuals um, from our membership. Uh, and which, if you added up all the people who attended sessions, it was over 10,000. Uh, so uh, our people have come to, to uh, you know, I think COSIDA in this environment has, has been, uh, I think, noticed a little bit more. People have recognized the value of it and... Um, and they've used these opportunities to learn more uh, through the technology we've created uh, for them. Yeah, Doug, I want to dive a little bit more into advocacy, and, and a major focus for Casida this year is advocating for the profession and for our members. And Casida has been doing a lot of things behind the scenes, working with our allies at the NCAA, NACTA, and other affiliates to promote Casida in the profession. You know, for example, this past August, the executive board of directors, so entire board had eight different meetings with NCAA communications, social media, stats, diversity and inclusion, and divisional leadership from di- from Division Two and Division Three. You know, these meetings were valuable to Casida to continue those relationships with our friends at the NCAA. Plus, within the past few years, Casida's created the advocacy committee, uh, and new for 2020-2021 is our membership recognition committee, which came from our membership recognition week working group that took place each November for the past four years. So this year is not typical. Uh, we understood that we had to shift things around. So this year's membership recognition week, uh, thank, you know, hashtag thank your SID has moved from November to January and will be held this January, January 20th to the 26th of 2021. But on the same lines, Doug, of advocacy, a lot of people are asking, what has Casida been doing to help advocate for the profession? I'd like for you to maybe discuss some of the, the letters that you've been able to, to send to different athletic directors throughout the country. Well, there's, there's an old saying in fundraising, uh, you raise money by raising friends. And Cosida has done that over the years very effectively. And in particular, in recent years, uh, we have corporate partners, we have external stakeholders, and we have continued to uh, nourish those relationships in these difficult times. You can't just start advocacy when a crisis hit. 
advocacy starts uh, many years back. It's job one. It has been uh, before my time and continuing on. And we've looked specifically in this climate what we can do to help people. You know, we have over three, we've had over 3,000 members and each situation is unique. And um, so that's been the challenge is how do we effectively reach all the athletic directors, all the people who oversee uh, communications offices and, and make them understand the value of our profession. And we've had to do it through a variety of different ways. And we, we've done it, but people don't always recognize what advocacy looks like. Uh, as an example, professional development is advocacy because we're growing our strengths, we're growing our skills and making us better in the workplace. Uh, but more recently, we did, we've done a few things that I'll mention. We partnered with Athlete Viewpoint and created the uh, Compensation and Career Satisfaction Survey and, and offered it in a multi-part rollout. And it, I think it, it's created to help our members better understand uh, what everybody's getting paid around the country. Uh, and, and, a many, and a lot of other data, I think, that will help them when things settle down and they, uh, they go to the table to... Uh, Try to, to try to improve their salary situation. Um, we've upgraded our website and created some advocacy tools, and we have a lot more planned uh, planned to do to do that. Uh, we've uh, one of the real big things that we did, Sam, as I mentioned, hard to reach all these people who oversee our profession, but we created a strong message and sent it over sent it to over two thousand athletic directors and conference commissioners to help better. Uh, emphasize the things that we do, the creative opportunities our profession brings. And I think that was an important way to reach out to those people. Uh, we, we've partnered with the Football Writers and the Basketball Writers Association to uh, give us social media support. They, they collaborated and, 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 and sent a, social, and sent a uh, tweet out supporting our profession. And we've done that with some high profile coaches and ADs uh, also who have reached out on their own social media accounts. And also with the football writers and basketball writers, we've collaborated to create uh, a pandemic uh, guidelines for, for media operations. We've rolled out the football version and basketball is underway and will be out very soon. So again, it, it's it's an everyday uh, chore. It's, a, it's very important, it's critical and uh, uh, and to be very candid and honest, what we've done is not enough. We have got to continue to do more, find new and creative ways. We can't we can't ever sit back on a, and, and think we've done enough for advocacy and helping our members. Yeah, and, and to that point, Doug, I think you can also uh, draw attention to, you know, all of us as Cassandra members and, and doing our part to advocate for the profession and not just waiting maybe just for the organization to, to always be saying something. And we saw this this fall of Steve Kirshner, SID at uh, University of North Carolina. And, and he shared uh, on his Twitter account, you know, all the different um, responsibilities and duties that SIDs do. And I got a huge response and it had a lot of our uh, allies in the media uh, responding to it. And, you know, I, I would encourage all of our members, you know, to utilize their own social media platforms or and their own platforms to share you know, what this profession means to them and how important it is um, and advocate for themselves too on their own campuses. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, we, we talk about when people ask, what is COSIDA doing? I, sometimes I remind everyone, you're COSIDA. Everyone who is in our profession 
has, has a responsibility in this effort. And the more people we can get buy-in from, the stronger we are. Uh, it's not easy to promote yourself on campus. Our members are known for promoting student athletes and, and coaches, uh, but they're, they're not as good at promoting themselves. That's obvious. I wasn't uh, when I was in the profession. So I think, I think it's critical that we try to engage everyone in this effort. Um, we have so many people that are passionate about the profession, who care deeply about it, and uh, they're, the, they're the best people to sell the profession on their campuses. Well, Doug, you know, one of the issues, aside from the COVID pandemic, another major issue that we're all facing and dealing with is the racial and social justice uh, going on in this country. And, and one of the top issues for Casida is, is tackling the racial and social justice initiative that the board has set out. And Casida is aware that we, we do have a problem with our current makeup as a profession. Um, our profession is over 90% white male, and we are well aware of this, and we're dedicated to make changes in this area, and it's very important to us. And they say, you know, they always say change starts at the top, and if you look at the makeup of the Casida Executive Board of Directors for this year, you'll see a board that is more diverse than it's ever been before, not just the way we look, but who we represent. So for the first time in our organization's history, which is over 60 years old, um, we have every single division represented on the board from Division One two and three, NAIA, U Sports Canada, and two-year colleges. And our officers group features Casida's only second president from Division Three, um, myself. Cindy Potter from Columbia College will be the first Casida's um, president from NAIA and Casida's fifth female president. Jessica Poole from Chicago State University will become our first black female Casida president in two years. And our past president, Herb Vincent, from the SEC was the second Hispanic Casada president. And two years prior, Rob Knox was our second black Casada president. So the leadership is definitely changing within Casada. Doug, from your observations, what have you seen as things have evolved, not just you know recently, but just even from an organizational standpoint of trying to tackle this initiative? Well, I think, Sam, it's, it's, it's one of the most critical things that we've done as an organization. And, and I applaud the boards over the recent years who have made this a priority. Uh, you know, the organization, uh, you know, it, it's just critical and, and people may not understand why it is, but they, they need to look around them and see who they represent and the people they're dealing with on their campuses. And it's just the right thing to do. And I've been really proud of, of what we've done as an organization, but but also conscious that we've got a lot more to do. We can't we can't uh, quit. But I think in, in many ways we've uh, we've been leaders in this area, and, and a lot of that uh, responsibility has been uh, handled by Jessica Poole on our board. Uh, she's been the chair of our diversity and inclusion committee, and uh, and, and really provided just terrific leadership. Uh, we've had some dynamic presentations. We've brought a lot of new voices to the table, and. Uh, I think it's just one of the best things we've done. It's, I'm as proud of that as anything uh, that I've been a part of uh, in, in this role. Yeah, and I, I would like to stress too to our members, I think we all play a role in diversifying our own offices and, and who we rec recruit to hire to work um, in our offices. So keep that in mind this year and in future years and consider others that may not look like you or may, or may be different. Um, like you just mentioned there, Doug, you know, look around at, at your teams and, and how does your office reflect um, who you're representing. Um, so, of course, um, as part of the change, Casida has also published a racial and social 
uh, Justice Initiative webpage. If you haven't checked it out, please go to Casada.com. Um, and on there, on that page, you'll see resources, videos, stories, webinars, podcasts, movies, recommendations, we, um, books, all things that we can utilize to learn and grow. And also this past summer, um, Casada launched our Critical Conversations webinars, uh, our hashtag Casada for Change. And it's been really well received. Just a couple of the topics real quick that we've covered so far. And you can go back and watch these first three critical conversations. It's the intersection of race and athletic communications, activism and how to amplify the voice of student athletes and staff, and crafting and communicating the messages of a university diversity plan. And coming up in November uh, will be the next one of how can communicators become effective allies. So you know, these have been a great start of these conversations. It's great seeing a lot of our own members being leaders on our campuses. And, and it's great to see the impact um, that our members can have within not just their athletic department, but also their campus and community. Doug, what have you observed from a couple of those uh, webinars so far? Well, I, I think we, as I mentioned, we brought a lot of new voices to the table. The, the, the presentation that probably impressed me most was when we had the student athletes uh, in, a, in a presentation. Uh, they were so impressive, and they had a they had a message to del- to, to deliver. Uh, these are changing times. We have to listen to our student athletes on campus. They're the ones who are really effective and are so passionate about it. But uh, a lot is planned for the future. We have people who are strong, uh, have strong buy-in to make this a success, and. And uh, I encourage people to, to uh, tune into these presentations. I think it's I think it's changing. It's uh, it's changing attitudes. It's changing understanding, and it's helping educate people in a very important area. Well, Doug, I, I want to go ahead and open up our mailbag and answer a couple of questions from some of our members that submitted questions online to us. And just a reminder: uh, please submit your questions online, um, and also you can feel free to. Tweet at Doug or I um, on Twitter or send us a DM and we'll respond to those questions in future episodes. But we have three questions to kick off this episode. And the first one comes from Allison Hogue, uh, a freelance SID looking for uh, a position right now. And her question was, what opportunities is Casada taking on to spread the message to athletic departments about how important SIDs are? I think we've touched on this a little bit, but, you know, Doug, what else could you elaborate on? Uh, for Allison's question there. We're looking at every opportunity we can, obviously, and we do it indirect and, and direct with uh, with over, you know, 3,000 members and over 1,000 schools representative. It's tough to reach all of them. But uh, I know I've talked to a lot of ADs at all levels, and they're very receptive to uh, to listening to us. And I've looked, I've, I've asked them for ideas on how we connect with them and, and what the issues are and what the problems they, they are facing. But but we use a, a lot of different uh, avenues to reach people. Our magazine is one avenue that we that we've used. Uh, certainly, social media is another. Uh, in in the letter that we referred to earlier, uh, we were able to connect with all of them. But uh, uh, it's critical we have that relationship. That's why we uh, uh, extended our agreement with NACTA. It, it puts us in a place where we have direct uh, opportunity to talk to athletic directors. Hopefully, we'll have a live convention and, and uh, be back in that situation in June. Yeah, and I, I would also encourage Allison and others to reach out to the Casada Executive Board of Directors. You know, we are here to help serve our membership. And if any of us on our board or in our officer's rotation can, can lend a, 
um, an ear or, or make a phone call or reach out to you to help, uh, please do so. You know, feel, don't feel bashful. Um, you know, all I know all of our board members are ready to roll up their sleeves and help out any way that we can. Um, so looking, you know, you utilize us too as, as a resource moving forward. Next question is from Judy Wilson from LSU. She's like a side of past president. Um, she mentions, what are some of the biggest challenges challenges that the Casita staff and board had to face since March? And what are some changes that were made that we, that will be kept as restrictions loosen up down the road? Um, so, Doug, I know we touched on a couple of things already, but are there other things that we could elaborate for Judy there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we obviously we've had to read the environment and, and, and adjust, pivot uh, to to respond um, and create the resources we need. But we've also had to, we had to shift our convention. We've had to uh, adjust our philosophy on education. Um, a big challenge was the Academic All-America program. We made a commitment that that program was gonna stay in place. And last spring, we did it without uh, really any, any competitions, but we found, we found a way to make it happen. And we're gonna do it again this year. Um, we're gonna condense it into about four months uh, a year-long program into four months. So I, I think that ac the Academic All-America program, uh, I really appreciate what Kevin Lanky and his committee will be doing. Uh, people need to have patience and understanding, and they need buy-in to this program to make this all work. But uh, we also had to uh, adjust our, our due structure. As uh, as you know, the executive board made that decision, and, and we tried to make it uh, as good as possible, help people join the organization. So uh, those are just a few. There have been many, uh, like our members have, have had to adjust. Yeah, and just to, to touch on the, the membership dues uh, structure right now, you know, we, like many other associations, co coaches associations, uh, we were not in a position to waive our membership fee this year, but we did recognize we needed to review the structure and give more options to our members, especially those that may need to pay out of pocket this year or have been uh, furloughed or released from their jobs. So I think people would, you know, if they looked at our membership structure this year, we do have entry point with our associate membership of only $100 and undergraduate student membership at $25. So I think we were trying to tackle that, um, you know, and deal with the constraints that we had as an organization. And, and I would also just add that this year's pricing structure will serve as a bridge to the future concept of organization-only membership to encourage more participation and engagement. Um, and this is something that as a board, we'll, we, we will revisit in early on in 2021 to make a decision for future for the next year. So hopefully, you know, these options can help some of our members out. Our last question will comes from Denise Thompson from the Big Sky Conference. Denise is also a board member. She asks, what are some of the ways you think the communications field is changing for the better? Well, Sam, I'll offer a few thoughts, but I think you're probably more qualified than me to, to respond to this question uh, being in the field. Um, but but I, think, I think everybody is just shifting how they get information, um, uh, the people, who, how they consume it. And so our members are having to adjust accordingly on how they deliver it. Uh, people are embracing new technology. Uh, and looking for unique opportunities to reach out and grab attention. Um, and it's critical, I think, for everyone in our membership to recognize that we're in changing times and to adjust accordingly. 
because it, it's a it's a it's a new future ahead of us. I think what we saw in the mirror, what we see in the rearview mirror, uh, two or three years ago, is going to be changing. It's going to continue to change. It's going to be impacted by this pandemic as we go forward too. Yeah, but Sam, what what do you think? Yeah, Doug, I, I think what, one thing that we've seen is one thing that we've always been talking about as an organization is that work life balance. And I think a lot of us, you know, felt you know tied down to our desk at, at, at our campus and that we felt like we couldn't do our job remotely. But I think what this pandemic has shown us is a lot of us can still be very effective working from home. Um, I think it will maybe lead to more flexibility in the future for um, our members and, and our profession uh, to maybe have a more flexible work schedule where, you know, you're not commuting or you're not always having to show up right at 8 a.m. Um, you know, I, I think this has shown you know, we can mobilize quickly and still be effective um, in doing our jobs um, outside of being physically present for any type of athletic competitions. Uh, so hopefully there we'll see maybe a better, you know, work-life balance in that regards if, if people are allowed to maintain some of this work from home uh, setups. And from a technology standpoint, Sam, this, uh, this presentation is an example. Uh, no president has ever done anything like this, so I, I uh, congratulate you. We're going to do this throughout the year and uh, have some guests on, and, and I hope people enjoy it, and I do hope people send us some questions. Well, thank you, Doug, and, and thanks to our, our sponsor, Blinder, for helping us out with this conversation. We look forward to more Casida conversations with Casida's president and executive director. And again, please email us um, and submit your questions for future episodes. So, for Doug Vance, I'm Sam Atkinson, and we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you next time.